0: What's up, everyone? This is Pastor Sam, and this is Danny, and together we are exploring the Book of Ephesians. We are in chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two is a is a good one. It's a challenging one. There are some very challenging concepts here that I think we we will explore throughout this um, this podcast. Uh, give us the intro there, Danny. In chapter one, we talked about God's original
1: plan and His purpose for the church. To bless it with every spiritual blessing in heaven, right? Uh, he then charges the, the church; he charges us through prayer and thanksgiving, that we're to request God to enable us to truly grasp and appreciate the eternal, eternal glory that awaits us in heaven. In chapter two, which we're going to be talking about today, uh, Paul begins to discuss the sinful past who are now the sinful past of those who are now members of the church and how, mm-hmm. because of their slavery to their own desires or the course of this world, were subjects to God's condemnation. Uh, this gives him an opportunity to remind remind us of, of God's grace and mercy in sending Jesus to die for our sins and to offer us salvation based on faith. Mm. See, this is interesting because we see that God's grace, we see God's grace is seen in two ways. He he chose to offer us salvation Mm -hmm. in the first place, right? Instead of leaving us to perish in our own sins. And he offered it on the basis of faith and not perfectionism so that all of mankind could be saved.
0: That's right. That way we don't have to boast. Nobody's boasting, saying that I'm better than you because I got it right and you didn't get it right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was actually reading some as we were thinking about getting ready for this one, this uh, this. Analogy says when displaying diamonds, right, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't have any. I even? don't either. You <laughs> uh, go to Jared. You go to Jared. Some. You got to go with Jared. I thought they said kiss begins with Kato. Oh, oh, kiss begins with Kato. Oh, that's true. I yeah, think. yeah, Whatever. But, but you yeah. got to
0: go to Jared. You got to get somewhere to get some
1: diamonds. I don't have any. Anyway, but when displaying diamonds, a jeweler will place them against a black cloth. And the reason for this is because the diamond shines more brilliantly mm. against a dark backdrop. Oh, cool. So we see here before Paul describes God's grace, mm-hmm. he wants to give the Ephesian Christians at the time and us today how dark things were without it. Oh. Paul is he just places what let's call it the diamond of grace okay. against the backdrop of sin mm-hmm. so that grace will glitter even more. Wow. That's cool right there. Yeah it's a cool cool analogy hey, I came hey. up with.
0: And I think nothing like sin, uh, the demonstration of sin to help us realize how important and how good, how merciful God is through grace in in our lives, how how good grace is, you know. You know, impeccable is sin, how terrible sin is, or whatever that word is, how terrible sin is, Mm -hmm. can only be understood uh, when put against the grace of God. So... When you do that, you see how awful sin is, but how good grace oh, is. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Um, and and Paul is trying to, in in many ways, to this to Ephesians in many ways, to try to help us realize, man, grace is good, right? You, you don't know what a what a good apple pie is until you taste how bad apple pie <laughs> could be. That's, that's right, right. right. That's right. Get, got me making you an apple pie, you'll be in trouble, bud. But get Miss Debbie Schweinfurt making you an apple pie, yeah. then you know what it is, right? So there must be that contrast, there must be that understanding of that contrast in your mouth, That lets per se, of what good and bad is, which is more or less what you're trying to portray yeah. with the, the diamond being yeah. spread against the black and, and showing how, yeah. how beautiful it is.
1: Yeah, so, well, let's let's jump into it, man, because, uh, you know, there's two sections in here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first section versus one, through ten, which talks about grace through faith, mm-hmm. and then the second section, one in Christ, being one in Christ. So I think, I think for that first part, um, you know, Paul Paul begins to describe, like I said, the universal universal nature of the church as it existed in the past, present, and future. So what are you? What is your, some of your thoughts as well, we kind of
0: dive in? I, you said the church. I'm I'm thinking like more like. I don't know when i read these verses and even through my studies i i think more about the individual state before mm-hmm. christ right when yeah. he's talking about here you were dead in your trespasses and sins right he it talks about all of humanity and is uh in this in this capability this place that they are trapped up uh are bondage up like and that bondage is seen right uh so for, for me, it's talking about this is what this is. Where, who you were? This is right. your. This is who. You, this is your estate. This is where you are. That's how you are found, right? Right. And so, and he uses the word "dad." I mean, yeah, dad. Dad has lost its ability to function, to reason, and to have any sense, right? right? Like and to be me, sep- separated. Right. Separated. There is no greater contrast in the human experience than that of someone who is alive. Mm-hmm. Who has life, and one who has death? Who is dead? So, uh, physical death for me means what? Most personal lack of personal relationship with anyone, or it with its creator. Which I think, what you get into it. Yeah. You are, you know,
1: well, when we say dead in our sins here, dead in our trespasses, and sins, we this idea that we it's that you're separated from God, right? Sure. Like mm-hmm. example, like a branch cut off from a tree may seem like it's alive, but it's really dead. Because it's been cut away from the source of life, which is the tree. This is Paul is saying that you were once dead. You were cut off from the source of life, right? Mm-hmm. Which is God.
0: Yes, yes.
1: That's the source of life yeah. in which you once walked. It's another important word. Mm-hmm. We no longer walk in that, but it's to recognize our state of who we were compared to who we are now.
0: Well, and it's not only walked, but the word following the course of this world, Yes. Right? So here he's starting to give, like, you had, as we were talking before, you you had an analogy for these three words that is coming here. You know, the world, the word world, devil, devil, and the flesh. flesh, So you you had a a specific analogy that Locks
1: on the coffin. These are locks on our coffin. And these locks on our coffin are the world, the ways of the world, the devil who is the ruler of the prince the rule of the power of the air, and our flesh, which is our fleshly desires.
0: So, so Paul is kind of talking about, you know, there are some, there are three things that's going on here that is that is keeping you underwater here. I don't know, that on your coffin, <laughs> let's use your analogy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's three things that are keeping you inside. But those words are important. Once walked, mm-hmm. followed, right? And then you're following the principle of this air, the spirit now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom... You once lived in the passion of the flesh. So Paul is like, this is, this used to be the lifestyle you hold. This used to be the lifestyle that was, was a present in you. It was a dead lifestyle. There is no sign that they would even want to become alive. These people are like, this is what you did. This is what you like. And and there was no sign that you want anything else but to be alive. Right? Yeah the world the, the devil and the flesh have proven to be a compelling powers that have led all humanity uh, into the act that of defiance against God of rebellion against God and so um, right and these and these three things they, they kind of pull us into this this cycle
1: of of death right Where mm-hmm. we keep falling further and further but two important words is introduced
0: in the passage but God Yes, so so I think that, then then so that uh, so I, I think that's where the cloth, the black cloth, and the yes. diamond come in, right? Yes, so yes. like, here's where you were. You were dead. This is the, these three forces together creates this bond, and you love the trap. You love where you were. You were kept away from God. You were kept away from all that was good. You were in this path of sin, and you conduct yourself that way. You love it. Yeah, I do think before we get to God, we need to define what the flesh is, the world yeah. is, and yes. the devil is. Right, the world is the system that is played out around this, the system of injustice, the system of disobedience and rebellion against what is godly. The flesh is the inner. Uh, inclinations that we have Mm -hmm. to do evil and and Paul talks about the battle between spirit and the flesh within us right yeah throughout all his letters he he talks about that so the flesh is that which propels us to act uh, contrary to what God has for us It represents the bent towards ourselves and away from God so that's the flesh that's the flesh right and the devil uh, is this I want to say this word here very intentionally is this intelligent being powerful spirit who is working everything around the system, the world, even our flesh, working the tendencies of our flesh, with his scheming in order to get us to live individualistic yeah. independent life from God. Yeah, he's, he's to he's, do that which we want to do, which always ended up to be evil. Yeah, his one
1: goal and his main goal and his only goal has been and always been, is to keep us away from Christ. Keep Mm -hmm. us away. If we keep up with all the blessings that comes when we're in Christ. Yep.
0: All costs. At all All costs. I think that's one of the... the, We were talking about that at a staff meeting the other day, uh, about how, you know... We, the church is to stand against the gates of hell, right? We, we, Matthew just said, like, you're going to stand against the gate of hell. And, uh, and we we're going to tear it down. But here's the thing sometimes is that, first, Christians don't really believe that we can uh, go head to head against the devil. Uh, second, people don't really believe God's promises to us in Matthew that says, you will tear it down. It just, mm-hmm. just goes against it, right? Another thing I think we sometimes forget is that the devil put a fight no matter what. But we have what it takes to overcome it. So uh, I think it is up to us to uh, believe in the promises of God to us. Mm -hmm. And that is that the enemy will never defeat us. He is defeated already. Yeah. Right? It is, uh, the victory is ours for those who are in Christ. One of those blessings and the benefits of being in Christ is that the devil is already lost. He has no power over our lives. So he, his power on using the world, even the influences of our flesh, and even his own craftings, it doesn't have to win over our lives. So Paul is Paul is trying to say, listen, one, at one point you were dead. Mm-hmm. Now I think those two words for me come yeah. to when you. When
1: you were saying that thing about the devil and how he's dead and has the power of us, it's like, it's like the shadow. All he is is the shadow. And we just have to step into the light, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Step
0: into the light because he has no power over us. But yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, can, I, can I say this here? So since we were talking about the devil for a second here, uh, the devil and the evil spirit was a reality to Paul that, ne- that needed to be dealt with. So believers throughout centuries has, uh, you know, uh, in every culture throughout centuries, in every culture uh, have neglected, I think, this idea that there is the devil, he is real, and we have to deal with it. Jesus dealt with it, with him in the cross of Calvary 1, and he promised victories for us. But sometimes I feel like we live in denial that there is an enemy and yeah. that he well, is trying to, like uh, Peter tells us, he's like a lion waiting for the right time to devour you, yeah, and to snitch you away from from the arms of God. Well, Sam Rosa, is that possible? Well, well, uh, I think he play with the devil. He might just <laughs> get, snitch you out. He well, might just catch you Well, it's
1: funny you say that because as we're we're preparing, we sign your lesson with our teens here. I was talking about going back to Adam and Eve in the garden, and I know this, this podcast is not about that, mm-hmm. but what the, what the devil gets mankind to do, what, he, what he's been doing ever since the beginning, was to get us to doubt God's word, his goodness, his love, his veracity, his mm-hmm. wisdom, mm-hmm. his judgment, and above all, his authority. Yes. And, and that's, that's what he gets us to do. And, and we see, we saw that in the garden with Eve. And there's four steps to successful temptation. The outward objection of attraction, the inward commotion of the mind, mm-hmm. the increase in the triumph of, of your desires, mm-hmm. and then finally the, the objective attained to say that, that slowly because
0: i think that's so powerful what you just said can you repeat that slowly yeah. for us for me for everybody
1: four steps to, to successful temptation if you think about this i even just went through this just buying something i i shouldn't have bought so sure. it's like the outward objection the outward attraction or the object of attraction like
0: yeah, so I see something I want. That, that's in, in a different word, that means lust, right? Being yes. lustful and so, wanting something that you're not supposed to have exactly. at a specific time. So, yeah, I, I love
1: that. Uh, that's the first step. The second step is the inward commotion of the mind. It's the battle between the ears, right? Mm-hmm. The, battle the evil the, desires, right? Yes, so, there is right. this lust, and yeah. then
0: you have this evil desire that, that it does because you already have the lust, you don't have ever seen it. It's what Paul is telling us, there is this flash tendency, there is this tendency that comes from inside, there is nothing, most of us, most of us when we, this analogy, when we lust automatically gives us that desire, oh I want that and I'll do whatever it takes to get that, it doesn't matter if it's godly, it doesn't matter if it's not godly, here's what it matters,
1: I want it. I want it and and this is this is a successful temptation. So if it's successful, that means the third step is the increase in the triumph of that desire. Mhm. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if it's an unsuccessful, it's the decrease of that. Sure, sure. It's the increase. It's increasing. The triumphant it's, of the desire. the dopamine. It yeah, is, exactly. The dopamine. dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. you just, get, you just yeah. get,
0: oh man, I really want that. I really want yeah, that. I really, really want, want that. Yeah. I really want that. You keep repeating that to yourself uh, over, oh, right, and over, over and over and over again. So what is that? That it is, it's is self convincing It's a yeah, self betrayal, right? Yeah, and then the right. final
1: step in a successful temptation is you've attained it the objective and you, object object it, it, you got it it's
0: like you and I in shoes right? yeah, exactly. it's like <laughs> exactly. we see it in the app and you're like oh man I want that so bad and then once you do it so bad there's this desire in your heart yep. and then you're like now I need it I don't want it I need it right You, yeah. you, the, the desire in your heart is so evil it's just like now I need it so yeah. you need it so much that you convince yourself that you want yeah. it you that said, you need it that said, you have the money even though know you don't have it exactly. so you get a credit card and you put in a credit card and then you get got it yeah it's, so that's the fulfillment so it's what James says you know the evil in us gives yes. birth gives, gives birth oh yes it gives, gives birth, birth to sin. sin you know
1: yeah and the consequences of sin you know it's sorrow it's death shame separation which is the most important one removal from God's presence mm-hmm. suffering uh physical suffering and then servitude, servitude in a sense, you know, serve the prince of this world. In sin. Well, you're
0: a slave. Yeah. Uh, you, know, it's what, uh, you know, it's how we start this, bondage. Yeah. You were dead in your trespasses. That's what you saved. were, though. But, but, well, yeah. That's right. That's, that's what you we were. And then verse 4 comes around and says these very, two very important words. Yep. What are they? You said it before, say it again. But God. But God. And and when I hear this word, but God, it reminds me of Genesis chapter 2, Verse 7, God breathed in life into yeah. into humankind, right? Yeah. It's God, but God. Like, you know, uh, not many people like the word but because, you know, you know, every time someone says, hey, I love you, but, you already know that that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. he is the opposite of that. You were bad, but now God came yeah. around. I-, I love this statement from being rich in mercy. Yeah. Because of the great love which, with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, uh, made us alive together with Christ.
1: Right, so I like that because it says, but God, right? Because Paul Paul is describing, he's, he's describing man's hopelessness mm-hmm. and our situation. Mm-hmm. And now he goes on to say, well, what has God done about it?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what you just read there, God has made us, in verse 5 through 6, says, God has made us alive with Christ. Well, how has he done that? Through redemption. Sure. Right? He's raised us from the dead. How has he done that? Again, through the
0: redemption. But, but but it's too I like what Paul is doing here. And I don't know if you picked up on that or if you know your studies, you read these. But for me, what he's doing in verses 4 and 5, he says, listen, what God did to Jesus, he raised Jesus. He was dead for yeah. three days. No life, no senses, no nothing. He was God. Um, because of our sins, because of the whole thing, he was dead. He he died. But on the third day, he rose again. He he was uh, he was made alive. Guess what? Made us alive, alive together with Christ. So he Paul is saying, like the same work that God did. You were dead for sure. Yeah. But the same work that God did in the life of Jesus through the resurrection is the same work that He's doing in your life. He's going to appropriate that to your life as well. Right now, right here, right now. But God, rich in mercy, not because you deserve, not because you have some good within you. No, 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 because of His rich, His rich in mercy, because of the great love which He loved us. Even when we were dead, He made us alive. So like, I think Paul is trying, trying to make this very clear. You know, uh, believers are now free and empowered to live good lives, but that's all work of God. It's all the work of God, and God does that because of who
1: He is, Mm. and not because of what we do or what we will do. I think that's
0: important for us to also recognize. God does all this because of who He is. Yes. Uh, And um you know and i and i preached that on the first sermon of this series about you know the work of god this love of god you know it, it is not a merit thing for our it is it is a god thing it is something that he started something that he sustained and something that he will finish and that's humbling because we want to be in control of it all and it's not so much that we ought to be in control it's that we have to respond it to it right and i think when paul is saying god is rich in mercy and he loves you and he law lo- and he loves you in such a way that he's gonna make you alive well you better live yeah but live on god's term if you're dead and you're made alive then there must be some kind of response to that kind to to that act of god in your life right
1: yeah and i and I, and I think he gives us that but it's a little bit further on mm-hmm. we, we won't jump to it but that's what verse ten kind of tells us, right? Yes, yeah, well, yeah, Because I, I, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, don't think God's goodness has stopped on this no, verse yet. Because look gone. what happened. By grace you have been what? Saved. Saved from what? Saved from death. <laughs> from death. Saved <laughs> from spiritual separation. For, Saved from eternal death. hmm mm-hmm. So, uh, so Paul, I think, is trying to, and, and that's the to one word. The significance of what God has done.
1: Exactly, and that one word, save. Paul uses that one word and he compresses all of the blessings that he has described so far. Mm-hmm. To be saved or to receive redemption, resurrection, glorification, exaltation is to say the same thing. Salvation
0: is what we have. That's right. That's right. All these things that he talked about in chapter 1, he's summarizing here. Yeah. He, you know, he's not going to bring it back again. Like, you know, you have been chosen. <laughs> like, it's makes the letter too, too big but he's saying hey by grace you have been saved the all those blessings of God is being given to you mm-hmm. and and raised us up with him and sit us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. You know, I said, uh, we have been saying this. In Christ is yeah. very important. It's very important. If you don't get this in Christ, you don't get this letter. This is all something that is, propiti- is given to you because of what Christ has done. If you are in Christ, you have it. If you're not, you're not. But so, but it's so He's not raised up. He not only gave you life back because mm-hmm. of His love and mercy and grace, He has seated us. With him in the heavenly places in Christ, he's not only have raised you, he has exalted you,
1: yeah. And and that's the word you just said. That's the one thing we don't see too, as well. He doesn't leave us there, Mm. right? He doesn't say, Okay, he puts us into a place, into a position. He said, He says, like you said, with Christ in the heavenly places,
0: yeah. Which really, which you know, really gives me this idea of living a virtuous life. God has made it possible. And And then indeed expect us to live in a specific way, because he has broken the power of the forces of evil that had us inclining us towards evil to do evil, God calls us out of that, giving us like this this benefit of not only rise, raising us up but sitting us in a position of influence. And and then he says, "...so that in the coming age He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus." Immeasurable, that's a key word in here. That means there's no limit. No. There's no limit. In the age He comes, it's like, this is a how? this is what God is doing you right here, right now. So think about this for us in the 21st century. Paul is writing to people in, in Ephesus, mm-hmm. 60 AD, all right? 55, 60 AD, depending yeah. on how you see it, things. Yep. So what God did for them then, it is a demonstration to us today in the 21st century. And what God is doing in us today in the 21st century will be the immeasurable, the immeasurable proof uh, of for showing. So that they're, they're going to be re- showing this richness, this, this thing of God towards people. He's going to be showing these mighty works of God for the people ahead of us.
1: Yeah, because we are, we are benefactors from those of us who, who in, in the time this that is being written to, mm-hmm. to us today. Like, how many times do we have limits on what we do with people? We, we do with things like that, right? Mm-hmm. God has no limit with us when we find ourselves in Christ, right? And I think that's key, that when we are in Christ, only then we can see that we are blessed beyond immeasurable riches. And this is because of his grace and his kindness towards us. And he says again,
0: in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so so he say so he says that, and then verse eight: For by grace you have been saved through faith, and I like this statement because grace and saved uh, here assume that someone has the ability to to give, the ability to to be the donor of this grace and this salvation, and then somebody else has the need of uh, the, as a receiver and has the need. If someone has then the ability to give the order must be have not only the ability to receive but the need to receive it so Mm -hmm. no need is greater than than spiritual death uh than to receive of someone who's spiritual death to receive life to be saved and to be given a new opportunity to life and so he's saying that for by grace you have been saved and then i love these transitional words through faith right Mm -hmm. through faith and many has been said about the word faith Mm-hmm. Many has been explained to us about the word faith, um, but for me, it, it really comes through this complete dependency. That's what I like to 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 define the word faith. Complete dependency. That's what I, for me. That's personally. That's what I like to. Mm-hmm. You know, people has used the word the analogy like you know when you sit on a chair, you know. You don't know that you know that the chair is going to hold you up, right? That's called faith. That's an example of faith. Well, <laughs> you know what you're doing, you're completely dependent on that chair. You're sitting on there because, yeah. and then you just put completely, you're so like, I'm dependent on you. If you let me down, you're going to let me down. And so on a chair, of course. So through faith uh, is for me this complete dependence in Jesus, on, on what Jesus has done which I think it changed a little bit for me the the idea of of life with God right and how you think about god a lot of most people when they talk about religions or about Christianity, about god about deity right they think about goals right what is the goals and they ask questions like how can I benefit from this god how can I get this god to make you know how, how back in the day how can I make my how can this God benefit? How can I benefit from this God by him making my cattle being fertile? You know, how can this God help me pro my crops being productive? Maybe in our days it's like, how can can how can this God stretch my money a little bit more? How can this this God make me successful in my workplace or on my relationships? And so it's all about this transition thing that we have often talked about. How how, how do I benefit from this guy? What can I do to keep the God? This God from striking me and then punishing me, and so the orientation, uh, but the orientation of the gospel is a different one because it's not a, 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 it's not about uh, what you can get from God necessarily. And I, when you talk about the way we are talking about here, you know, it's like it means sometimes that we're saved. It means like you get, you're benefiting from God, mm-hmm. but benefiting for. For your own good but that's not the orientation of the gospel the gospel does not mean that god is doing something for you so that you can get something in return that's not what it is it is on the basis of the gospel It's a sacrifice of god is a sacrificial gift of god to you so it's like he's giving it all to you right and then he expects his people these who are receiving the grace those he has faith to uh, be, to give it back, to give out of love, to give out of good deed, but expecting nothing back. Mm-hmm. So it is, So many people ask the question, how can we benefit from God? And God's like, listen, I'm giving it all to you and I don't benefit from anything. And I'm asking you to give it all and not to benefit from, every, from anything. So when he says, through, uh, you have been saved by grace, grace uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith. God said, listen, I have sacrificially act towards you, and I gain nothing from it. Right. You act sacrificially towards someone without expectation of getting anything. It's just a sacrificial thing, mm. right?
1: That's good. I like that because, I mean, one of the things I was thinking was if, if grace is what God deposited for us, faith is the way we make that withdrawal. Sure. By faith, you mm-hmm. know, um, what you're saying there. And and and." and, and it goes on in the end of that passage. It says that the reason why it's a gift, it's received, it's not earned, it's so that no one can boast. No one can say, Look what I'm doing, right? It, it, it's all what God has done.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, so then when, so that's exactly, the, I should have read, that's exactly what I was getting to. It's yeah. like, that's what God is doing. it's like, Hey, I got to give you this here. Like, there's no boasting here. It's yeah. just all sacrifice. We are all, it is all a sacrificial thing. So when he says, For we are his workmanship, creating Christ is for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. It is this idea that, like, listen, before, uh, before God, you know, God has this plan for his people and this plan for us to walk into it has everything to do with we live in sacrificial life towards one another. Uh, it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So, it's, this is not like, I'm doing, comp- so that's why I go back and say, maybe I'm going around here, around around, just to say, you know, the reason why I like to define faith is completely reliance on God, is because even if you don't get nothing in return, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's okay, you you yeah. have been saved, and this is how you live your life, because what God has done for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, the last verse was that, so we now have a new way to live, right? Mm-hmm. Um. From the very beginning, we were God's workmanship. It's not from after the fact. From the very beginning, we were His workmanship, created in Jesus, so that He has prepared works for us to do beforehand. Now, a lot of people, let's talk about this verse. because A lot of people look at this verse, and they talk about a faith-based or like an acts-based salvation. Sure, sure. That you have to act, like you have to do certain things, that you have to do these things to earn your salvation. right? Paul's already talking about in the first nine verses that... You Know this is who you were, this is what you this is how you live, and then he that verse you just explained, but then he says, But God, but, but God did and all the things for you, all this, and it's through grace by grace, right? God's grace and, uh, and salvation. And a lot of people misuse this verse and think about well, you earn salvation by doing these things. Salvation, the, the, what the works that you do, is a fruit of your salvation, yes, it is not. For you to to gain it right no yeah it's, it is a fruit of that salvation that's, that's what right. faith
0: is right through the exactly. and god like the 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 uh, the uh we don't have the ability unless god works through it we don't unless god achieves good in us through us mm-hmm. we don't have the ability so that's what paul is saying like but god has done all these things through grace so you have to be fully dependent on him Right. Yep. So it is not your doing; it's a gift of God, not a result of good works, so that you may not boast. Of. Like this is this is a full dependence on God. You have to depend on God for the whole thing. So then he finishes up what you are you're trying to get. You're His workmanship. Mm-hmm. We have talked about this as a staff many times. Achievement is a is a tricky thing. A lot of us think we are achieving things in our faith, in in, in, you know, in our. Or we everyday. feel like we
1: achieved a new height, or we got to a new new level. Mm-hmm.
0: What we fail to understand is that the achievement is only a spiritual achievement. Follower of Jesus achievement is only able as long as you are dependent, completely dependent on Christ. Faith. Unless you have faith in Jesus, you can't achieve anything. So, in a sense, it is God achieving through us. And I think that's the biggest thing we need to understand about this word workmanship. It's not that we have what it takes to do it. It is that God sees potential in us. And through the Holy Spirit, bring about His plan for for our specific life, right? So, and the, and and those plans are good. It's, God, it's good works which God prepared before. And so, it's God bringing it, it to us and in us what He has already planned. So, it is... The things that we achieve can, is only possible if God is working in us, or else what we're going to produce is death, is, yeah. is, is yeah. evil things.
1: Yep, yeah, I think you kind of alluded that with the James passage, right? I uh, think when we when we fall into temptation, we give birth. It gives birth to sin, to sin. Mm-hmm. which is a it's a life thing, but it's also a death thing. So it's it's, it's kind of interesting um, on those things. So, well, I think we've exhausted the
0: first. Uh, 10 verses (laughs) yeah yeah, uh, maybe maybe i mean uh, yeah i think so i I mean i don't have much more to talk about there necessarily so the
1: second half uh which paul kind of wraps up with is talking about one in christ and and um and the first part of this verses it it really if we think about like if the first section was the first 10 verses talked about our past and our present and our future meaning that our past that we were once dead our present is like we no longer walk in that, but God mm-hmm. came right, mm-hmm. and He gave us a future. We are created for His workmanship, right? This section is about the univ- the universal church because if we think about uh, the Old Testament, it was primarily for the Jews, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. The Jews. So
0: here we have the Gentiles being brought in. So, uh, I, go ahead. I, I need to bring it up here. Remember, we talked about last week on the first podcast for sure. Pronouns were important. Yep. We us. Uh, versus you so now here Paul is kind of like on verse I want to bring your attention to verse 16 he says or even 14 he says for he himself is our peace he's uniting the two the Gentiles and so until then until here he's like us as Jews and you as Gentiles us as you you and," and then now he's like our peace make us both us both who gentiles and jews yeah verse 16 you might reconcile uh, and might reconcile us both to god in one body and it says you were far away but you brought near you who gentiles you gentiles you're not chosen you're not predestined you're far away but now through the works of christ you are brought close right we already had that we already saints you are not but now you're brought closer and you are saints Saints, right? On verses uh, uh nineteen. So he's Paul is working that that unity out. Uh we the Jews, we were chosen, we were predestined, we were given this plan. You were not, you were dead in the trespasses, right? And then now you're brought near, you were uncircumcised you're uncircumcised of the flesh. Now you're syncized in the spirit. So like there is this whole working out between two different Ethnic races that Paul is bringing them together because that's what the work of God is doing.
1: Yeah And um, and, and just to bring a little bit of a little bit of context here and in, in, in verse in this section right here he, he identified the Gentiles as they were the uncircumcised right mm-hmm. circumcision in the Bible was a coven, a covenantal thing mm-hmm. It was a sign in the flesh Right mm-hmm. that you were included in the covenant between God and Abraham God had promised Abraham protection blessings and a Messiah and circumcision was the sign in your body that you were part of this promise. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about here, what Paul is bringing now, he's bringing the, the, the basis for unity now, right? Yes. In Christ. And he's saying, like, it's no longer a physical circumcision, right? Yeah. It is, it is uh, it's a spiritual thing that we have been, in, in, in the spiritual form, we are united now. There's no more Jews. There's no more Gentiles. We are one. That's why the section of, of, of its pericope is called one in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's rightfully um you know name it that name that way because we are no longer separate sure we are one
0: and i think he i I there's two words that he repeats in the verse a couple of times he said remember that one time and then on verse 12 he's like remember that you were so he's like this used to be your identity that's no Mm -hmm. longer the case so right remember that at one time you gentiles he's naming uh gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision so he's yeah. like, you're in the flesh at one point. Remember that yeah. you have these tendencies the, from the inside that really uh, desire evil. But what is called the, uh, the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hand? So it's like, that's taken out. Yep. Yeah. Right? Remember that you were alienated, that you were, as Il- sometimes. Alienated, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, separated from Christ, uh, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers of the covenant of the promises, having no hope and without God in the world. So it's like. Yeah you gentiles you guys are completely out of the picture not even close to it well the commonwealth of israel the commonwealth of israel described
1: not only the jewish culture but the body of true believers right the Mm -hmm. true believers who were regarded as god's people and the gentiles at that time they, they were excluded from this they were not considered true believers they were idolaters they were pagans but now as members of the church and regardless of our culture they could be considered. They are now true believers in a sense. So they're no longer excluded, and that's what Paul is kind of bringing. Say you were alienated
0: from that. No longer. Oh, uh, you know we, we have said this now. I'll repeat again. God had a, a covenant with Israel. He chose these people to be the avenue by which he would bless the world. He and so people who did not were not part of that family. The family of God. The Israelites. Uh, they were they were gentiles. You could become Israelite by conversion by circumcision. So you could do a few things to become part of this chosen people by by the by gaining the status of being a blessed individual who'd bless the world, right? But if you're not if you're outside of that, then you were not. And I think and that's what you're alluding to. That's what Paul is trying is is telling us here There was some benefits from Israel uh that that Israelite people got, the God's of people got, the people of God got you didn't have, and then verse 13 has those same words that was repeated on 4, it's just a little bit, verse 4 is just a a little bit different, but now in Christ, then was, but God here is but now in Christ you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, it was all Jesus doing it, he he did this, he brought you near, He, he gave you the ability to be connected to God again, there is no more chosen here. There is no more predestined here. There is no only this one avenue by it. God is bringing everybody in under the umbrella of Jesus, under the leadership of Jesus mm-hmm. in Christ to be the avenue of blessing to everybody else around the world.
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think one of the things just to give like why this would have been so polarizing at the time in Paul's writing is that you have to think about the relationship between the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Before their respective conversion, the Jews and the Gentiles, they hated one another. The Jews had nothing to do with the Gentiles. They misunderstood the admonitions of the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, concerning their separation from the Gentiles, and they took this topic sometimes too far. God did not want them to impl- be influenced by the pagan behavior, and he, he actually sometimes even used the Jews to punish and eliminate the pagans in the, in the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, once established... Now there was a way for that, and that's what we're talking about here. So that's why when you think about when well, this section over here, like we don't realize like how that would have been back then for the church reading this It's like, hey, you are not one. Yeah. Yeah. So like just that context, like we're reading, it's kind of soft to our ears. Like we, oh, oh yeah, we're all one. But to know with the history between these two sets, right? Jews and Gentiles we'll put everybody else that's not a Jew, right? Wherever you land in that category, you weren't a part of God's chosen people mm-hmm. you weren't part of the covenant of people mm-hmm. uh, so now you hear this and you're like oh we're one i the same rights you have i have too as well like well,
0: it, it's is like can, I, I mean the, the analogy that i could use here is a is a, <laughs> is a is a is a polarizing one i shouldn't use it but i, I that's the only one i can think it is yeah. a, a let's use politics in the united states as an idea there is two sides to it republican and democrats right yeah and so uh that that's the kind of division that was there back in the day kind of the idea of that one is right and the other one is wrong one is near to god and the one one is not and then somehow god comes comes and say okay you know the idea of bipart bipartis bipartisan yeah like both working together like in order to accomplish a will so both groups have been reconciled to god and now have equal access to the father so both has equal access to governing this nation, where both comes with the same, understand the same vision, the same goal of of the master of 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 the universe, the creator of all, in order to bring into fruition the will of God to this nation. Kinda of would be kind of like that. Uh, maybe well, I want to cut this part out, but <laughs> but it is it is both, it is that idea that two polar opposite would come together. With one goal in mind to make sure that the master will will come to fruition. So back in the day, that's what it means. Uh, this meant that the the Jewish and the Gentile, they both have equal access to God, which was not which it was, was not the case. Which is not the it's case. not the case. But, right? but it really meant this that God was near to
1: both of them. But yeah, so if we look at the text right here, Paul is doing. Paul is really breaking it down, doing something interesting here. You mm-hmm. know, obviously, you know, we, we we know the context of the Jews and the Gentiles, right? And even some some Gentile who converted to to, to Judaism at the time. Mm-hmm. So Paul, in verse 13, Paul begins to explain how God reconciles both Jews and Gentiles to Himself, and He does that through the cross. Through, yeah, through right? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus eliminates this barrier of sin that separated the Gentile from God. Mm-hmm. And, and no need for the Jewish priests or any other media that Jesus now offers his blood to atone for all sin, all sin, so that Gentiles can come before God through Christ at all times. And then in verse 14 and 16, he, he says the same is also true for the Jews. The difference is that the revelation of the sacrifice and the salvation was actually given to the Jews earlier through the law. Right, yeah, the sacrificial system and the prophets.
0: The ordinances. When the, ordinances the ordinances, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, now, both Jew and Gentiles were condemned because of sin. Mm-hmm. Jews didn't line up to the law, so they sinned, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. Gentiles, they were ignorant of the law. They sinned. Mm-hmm. So both find themselves in the same situation in sin. And they need enough of, of reconciliation.
0: But the Jews thought what we were trying to do, the, we were yeah. we were living in, in, in we are trying to do this thing, you know, yeah. we were trying to do all the ritual, the ordinances here. So we, but they failed to understand that even what they were trying to do, they were not accomplishing anything.
1: They were not. So so both need to be saved.
0: The, yes. Both need to be reconciled mm-hmm. to God in the
1: same way. Mm-hmm. Jews no longer need the temple. The Gentiles no longer need the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. Now they both need to be united. And we are united, which Paul is saying, United through Christ, a common Savior. Yes, yeah. I united love... to each other. Yes,
0: and that's that's we're all united to Christ. We're united to each other. I love the word peace here because that was a war between mankind and God, and between mankind against mankind. And when Paul says here, "For he himself is our peace, mm-hmm. who has made us both one, and has brought down in the flesh the divi- the dividing walls of hostility," God's like paul is like saying listen there was a war everywhere but jesus brought peace while he did it through his blood he brought peace and that peace is the the fact that we can now be reconciled with with god and reconciled with one another Mm -hmm. so one of the major benefits of of jesus sacrificing the cross of calvary is that we are now able to have peace with one another and i think that's yeah so that dynamic is very important yeah
1: and in verse nineteen through 22 right um there, There's three images of unity between Jews and Gentiles that Paul has kind of given to us here. Um, you know, verse 19, I'll just kind of read it. He said, You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints mm-hmm. and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being mm-hmm. the cornerstone, yeah. in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are being built together into a dwelling. Into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Mm. So this three image of unity that I want to I want to kind of touch on in this last section here. It's about the kingdom of the saints. Right, mm. that's the first section where Gentiles have the same rights and privileges as the Jews. We're all united. We have the same privilege. The second image is of the household where all members have the same father. Right. Well, wow, yeah. And then the last image is the spiritual temple. Mm. You think about that, where Christ. Is the foundation and each member he talks about that cornerstone each member is a stone and God is the builder and Jesus is the cornerstone the chief cornerstone right that we're all connected to and the church at all at once is because everyone is united through Christ Paul gives us this universal nature of the church by outlining the way that God has brought together the most disparate disparate groups at that time, mm-hmm. which was the Jews and the
0: Gentiles, mm-hmm. I mean, you said it all. I, I the only thing I can do is do you want to break it down? Verse 19, he says, Yeah, uh, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, so uh, but you are fellow citizens, so like you that was fellow citizens, but the the, yeah. the, 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 the was Jewish. Jewish, it was considered Jewish, Jewish people, Jewish people, you're Gentiles, we're not, but yeah. now that's not the case no more. Yeah, now you're a member of the household, household. of God. So you're a part of God's family. That is very significant because until this time, the only who was part of God's family, descendants of Abraham. Yep. You have if you have the bloodline, you got it. If you don't get the bloodline, you, you're out. You were circumcised. You're in. You're it. in. If you're not, <laughs> you're not. So, but that now Paul's like, no, because of what God is doing by grace through faith, man. Now you can be brought. You are brought near. Not only that, you have peace with God and with 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 one another you're now you're stamped with God's last name. You mm-hmm. can go send the paper to Social Security and change your last <laughs> change name, your name to go to child of God. Right? And that was not a possibility. And then he goes on and says, ''Build on the foundations of the Apostles and the prophets. Like he said, like, this stuff had been written long ago. Mm-hmm. Like these guys have been talking about this for a long, long time, right? There, this is the, the apostles and the prophets, like these are people who God spoke through, uh, you know, the people heard, the people of God was hearing the message of God from. Uh, Christ himself being the cornerstone, so like, okay, the, all these spiritual authorities from before, they always speak of it, it finds fulfillment in Jesus, and he's the one who's holding this, this, this unification together, right? Mm-hmm. And then, in whom the whole structure being jointed together grows into the holy temple in the Lord think about temple the significance of temple Temples, to, yeah. to to the old testament people that's why you heard from god you go to holy of holies that's the, that's right yeah. you would go to the temple because that's where god's presence was right mm-hmm. so jesus comes and kicking tables because they, the jewish people are keeping it their marketplace that, they,
1: they've per- Perverted the purpose of it. That's right.
0: And they were keeping. Uh, place Gentiles. of communion became a place of commerce. That's exactly it. There's a, you know, the, the, the scholars say that there was a place for Gentiles in the temple and a place just for Jewish people. The place that was for Gentiles, they were using. Even when you were, even when you were in, you weren't really in, right? Yeah, that's exactly. You're on the outskirts yeah, of it. I,
1: I think about you and I were both foreigners, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. We're not originally from from this country. We, we love this country. Mm-hmm. We we now live in this country. But when you first got here as a foreigner, how, how did you feel? Like you were here, but you weren't really.
0: Here, right? I I, I tell stories all the time, right? And maybe we should stop being polarizing here. I am, (laughs) you know. But I tell stories, you know, all the time. Like I remember back in the day, I I was in Iowa, went to a concert, uh, you know, and I walk into the gym. Everybody looked at me like, "Whoa, who is that guy right there?" Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's this feeling of you don't belong, right? Like There's exactly, something yeah. different about you. Yeah. Like you're just not in the or right place. Or when you speak,
0: you have an accent. People are like, mm, yeah. Yeah, I know you can, you can speak English, but you're yeah. not from here. So, yeah. I don't want to say a second. It's, it's time, not
1: polarizing. It's it's, 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 just, it's, it's, it's truth. It's, it's a fact. It is what it is. It's yeah. a fact. It is what it is. And, and you think about that. It, you think about now you take that, that same thing and you put it to the context of Christianity and what Christ is doing for us. Mm-hmm. You can see how this can be a very tall task. Sure. To be like... Whoa, you're not really in. But God you're, is Paul's like, you're in. Like, yeah. But, but, yeah, that's you're, right. You're in. And that's why when you, when this says it says one in Christ, this section is perfectly yeah, titled. It's like it doesn't matter our native tongue, it doesn't matter what what you if we are in Christ, if we've accepted that grace through faith, which mm-hmm. Paul talks about, mm-hmm. hey, you were once dead, but by grace you have been... You have been saved and it's through fate right mm-hmm. we have an action to do too as well it's not that we're working for it but we have to cash a
0: check that's right
1: we have to if someone writes a check we have to go cash it in a sense of no cheeky
0: analogy but now we are one in Christ there's no difference and it's and, and, and so yes and it's important for in him you also are being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit he's not only saying you're in and he's saying the same work he' trying to do through Israel that he did it through jesus he 's going to do through you now because yeah. you 're part of that church you 're part yeah. of the church so God, like Paul's like, listen, you are completely in there is nothing left out. you yeah. are grafted in as some you put it you know you are adopted you're part of it you're part of the you got the last name, you got all the benefit you're completely in there is no more division no if Paul was breaking the division back then, what kind of divisions do you think Paul would be breaking in in the 21st century in America, right here right now in Delaware, Ohio? Man, uh, <laughs> Do we want to answer that or we want to let people answer I, I, th-
1: I think we want to let people answer. I think, I, I mean I think I, I think one of the things that I think of, um, I, I did this lesson with the high schoolers, and I talk about like having a wall, right mm-hmm. and, uh, versus a table. Mm-hmm. And, oh um and so we broke the wall down we built a table
0: mm-hmm. and it was
1: just a it was just an object an object lesson to show that with a wall there's nothing that we can do for things that cause division but if we have a table we can now bring our ideas bring our discussion to the table oh yes. and and when you're at the table at the table you find community at the table you find forgiveness at the table you find all these things kindness good. go past you. exactly. you're able to bear one another. Yeah, you got you, to listen you're to at the to same other. level. You're at mm-hmm. the same you're at the same table. And I think I think he would say let's let's come to the table and let's talk about these things that that, that divide us. And let me show you that these things that are dividing us, if we go back to what scripture teaches us, mm-hmm. we go back to being one in Christ, we and we put that first and we recognize that it's God's grace. And we have to step into it. I think we can be bright diamonds, highlighting the shining light of grace and the work that is doing in our lives. Because it's only through that, only through God and the Spirit, that we can overcome those divisions.
0: Uh, you said it. I think I think you got it. That's that's all I. That's I don't have nothing else to add to it. I think that's good right there. I I don't know how how many means <laughs> we're in it, but I think we need to stop right there. That was a great analogy. I think. I think we have um, it stopped seated at the table and we keep building a ton of walls ton of just walls. to separate us from yeah. other people. I don't want to relate with that. I don't want yeah. to get close it's to that. time to
1: break down the walls and build tables and let's, let's talk about the things. Because the conversation leads to healing and healing leads to forgiveness. And at the end of the day, that's what God wants us to do, right? Yeah. He wants us to be he, everyone he wants everyone to be saved but if we keep giving the power to the, the prince of this world and allowing him to 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 so, keep us to to remind to to keep us in the past mm-hmm. to stay in that where we were once dead mm-hmm. then we fail to live out the beginning of first four but god
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and but God, but we need to finish yeah. being rich in mercy and because of His great love, which He loves us. And I think, yes. And I think if we are going to benefit from God and if we are going to benefit from the sacrifice, the self-sacrifice of Jesus, I think God has uh, is asking us because of what the Spirit, because we're in dwelling place. But God, but then but the church, mm-hmm. rich in mercy, great in love, we are yeah. to extend that to one another.
1: Amen. Well, man, I think I think we've uh, exasperated a lot of things in this in this in this chapter, um, as with all things, you know. As we've been saying, if you have questions, we're gonna take questions. We're gonna mm-hmm. feel those questions. Um, the the very last thing that we do as we wrap this podcast up is we'll do a session where we answer as many of the questions that are, that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go to our website on the Ephesians page yes. on the Panoramic. If you go to dccwire.org under online you'll find the uh, panoramic series and that's where you'll find all the links and information for this podcast if you have questions we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or any ideas that you want to share with sam and i please drop them there Uh, as always as we say thank you again for joining us as we say before we sign off sam every time be blessed be blessed have a great one everyone